Welcome to the Daily Bible Podcast, a show intended to help you get more out of your everyday time in the Word. This is a ministry of Compass Bible Church in North Texas, and if you'd like to join along with our daily Bible reading program, you can do so by going to compassntx.org and clicking on the Daily Bible Reading tab. Thanks for joining in for today's episode of the Daily Bible Podcast. Hey, welcome Happy to another, Sunday. Another episode of the Daily Bible Podcast. You weren't expecting that, were you? I was not. And yes, <laughs> happy Sunday. It is the Lord's Day. That's right. Yeah. Why do we call it that? Because this was the day that the church began to meet after the resurrection because Christ rose from the dead on the first day of the week, which Sunday's is coming. Sunday. That's what you said in your email. Sunday's coming. Yeah. Have you I like that, that you linked it. I, I had been years, but yeah. I was, it was a good reminder. Yeah. I thought that kind of rhetoric isn't really all that popular anymore. Right. Like that was a good clip back in the day. I don't know that a lot of people would resonate with that as much. Right. Yeah. If you're in, in the dark on that, um, if you go to YouTube, type in, it's Friday, but Sunday's coming. And it's uh, an old preacher that- It's Friday. Yeah. Peter's the a Jews did not just arrested Jesus, yeah. but Sunday's come. But Sunday's come. <laughs> I think I'm closer to what he sounded like than you are. Oh, for sure you are. No <laughs> doubt. No doubt. But it's interesting to think about, right? Because we, it's a, it's a good reminder for us that, that we gather as a church on Sundays because of the resurrection of Christ. That's like, a tradition. That's, right. Does that mean that's bad to show up on Saturday if you have a Saturday service? No. No. And, and that's, I don't think the point. I think the point was, you know, this is something new and they're looking to depart. And even for our strict Sabbatarians out there that are saying, you know, gotta be Saturday, st- still have to observe the Sabbath. I mm-hmm. think it's, it's telling that the church departed from that right. in its infancy and said, we're doing something different. Um, so I think that speaks to the shift that took place there. What about weird churches that do like Monday services? If, if some, if we were to do that, how would, that's like way off the beaten path. That's would there be the anything path. wrong with that? I, I mean, if we're going to argue that Saturday is okay, I don't know how you can't carry the the thought over to Monday being or okay. Or Tuesday or Thursday. Yeah, it's because it, it's really about the corporate gathering of the church to do the things that the church are supposed to do, right? Which mm. is the preaching and teaching of the word. We would say singing is involved in that. The observance of the ordinances, which for us incorporate baptism and communion. Right. And, and that's, that's church, right? So I know of a church in Dubai that meets on Fridays because they can't get space anywhere else in the city except wow. for on Fridays. So of necessity, they meet on Friday. Exactly. And I don't think God's displeased with that because he would rather they meet on Sunday morning. I think he's pleased with that because they're doing what the church should do. And I, I think that's important for us. So we meet on Sunday mornings. Um, for now. For now. Maybe will we, we do Tuesdays though. Yeah, maybe. Maybe we'll shift. <laughs> no, probably not Tuesdays. Um, will we have a Saturday night service? I, I don't know. Maybe down the road. I mean, there's a lot of churches that do Sunday night services that are a little bit different than their Sunday morning services. There's yeah. there's a lot of freedom there as long as the church is gathering and doing what the church should do. I like giving the giving Jesus the first and best in my week, which in my mind is Sundays. Yeah. Sunday's a start. So I like Sunday morning in particular. I'm a nine o'clock guy. I like the earlier morning services because I'm fresher. Really? And I feel like I can give my best attention. I can still go to the gym, go do a run or something, or just kind of get my blood pumping, get to church, have my mind fully sharp, and I get like that's my best. That's yeah. my sweet spot. Yeah, I didn't like it when we were doing it on Sunday nights. It it just I didn't like waiting so long. Sunday nights when we were meeting together, as like oh. when we first got out here, when we were doing our Bible study on Sunday. Yeah, nights. I didn't like that either. It uh, hated it. I was grateful. For I was the so begrudgingly going. Yeah. Every week was just like you wore it teeth. on your face too. I mean, we were like, <laughs> oh, man, Pastor Rob doesn't want to be here. Here we go again. Here we go again. No, but hey, it is Sunday morning and uh, our last pre-launch Sunday morning as a church and we're official next week. Can't believe it. It's exciting. I don't want to leave these days. They're special. Yeah. 
Yeah, there is something to this. I mean, these are the days that we're going to look back at five years from now, 10 years from now, and say, remember when? Yeah. Kenny Chesney, don't don't blink. It'll be gone okay. quick. Okay. Don't okay. Blink. Pastor Rod's becoming one with the people. I mean, I, I was looking at this guy wearing a pair of cowboy boots thinking, can I pull that off? Can I do that? I don't know if I'm there. I want to. It's like, I, I, it's like uh, I don't know. There's, there's certain habits that people have or, oh, sports. It's like, I want to like it. I want, I, I'm open to it, but I don't know. But you just can't. I just, I mean, I can't give myself to it. Yeah. I just need someone in my life who's going to be like, here, let me show you. And then help me experience all the goodness that sports and cowboy boots have to offer. It's, it's consistency, right? Consistency over time. I mean, if you start wearing boots, initially it's going to feel awkward and people are going to be like, why What's is he, he wearing boots? Yeah. But six months into it, they're going to be like, oh yeah, Pastor Rod, he wears boots, right? <laughs> Can't see it. Yeah. That was always me in flip-flops. Like I, I don't tan. I just burn anywhere yeah. that skin is exposed. Yeah, I've and so that. I've yeah. got like just like pale white feet and right, uh, I've seen I've, I've never awful. been a flip-flops guy. Yeah, I understand. You, you shouldn't be a flip-flops guy. I shouldn't. And I've wanted to be, especially living in Southern California. It's the yeah. culture, right? Right. But I just, I, I could never do it. And I knew, okay, just wear them enough and you'll be fine. But I just couldn't do it. You can wear I the cowboy boots, wear those to the beach. Yeah. Wear those to the church. I mean, everywhere. You could do that. I could. It would work with you. I could. I could. Hey, but we're here not to talk about style as much as we are here to talk about uh, the Bible and our daily Bible reading. And so we are in Psalm 59, 60, and 61 today, and then the end of the book of Acts. Let's do it. The rest of Acts 28. I can't wait. We're going to finish it. Here we go. Let's do it. I I can't wait. Yeah. What happens? We'll we'll find out. I guess we're going to find out right now. Although Acts is a little bit of a cliffhanger. It is. But we'll touch on that. So Acts or Psalm 59, not Acts 59. There's no Acts 59. What Bible you have, bro? <laughs> yeah. Psalm 59. Uh, you look at the superscription there. We get some important information there. Again, this is do not destroy. That was a popular tune for David in these last few. I mean, it's probably as popular as yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, 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 Lord, yes yeah. Lord. Yeah. And the hand motions that went along yep, with that too. Like yep, you're yep. reaching out, grabbing those yeses. Oh, dude, I came from a Pentecostal background. <sighs> we had hand motions for every song. I bet. I bet. And did you think it was like legitimate American sign language that you were doing up <laughs> No, I, we, everybody knew. At one point i was thoroughly embarrassed but i did it because my church did it that's awesome sort of uh superscription it says when saul sent men to watch david's house in order to kill him and and you'll remember this and and david's wife michael kind of helped him initially here because she was was a woman she's a conflicting person right i mean she's a a weird individual but we'll hit her next time we go around uh to the old testament we won't hit her but we'll we'll talk about her um but she helps David escape. She hides like this stuffed mannequin in his bed there and, uh, and it fools everybody and David's able to flee. Uh, first Samuel 19 are the, uh, the events that take place there. But, um, as we get into the Psalm, David is pleading. And again, like we've talked about, this gives us a greater idea of what was going on inside David's heart, inside David's mind, uh, during all of these things, as we read the narrative, it's one thing, this kind of gives us a glimpse and he's praying and pleading that God would preserve him as he's done so many times in the Psalms and kind of with Job, it's kind of this, it gets redundant a little bit to us, but it's, it's good. I think Pastor Rod, you said recently, I don't know if it was on the podcast or just you and I talking, maybe you were talking to your kids and you said, God never repeats himself for no reason, right? Yes. Yes. I did say that thing on the podcast. Yeah. And so thematically he never repeats themes for no reason. Right. And so I think it's good for us to lean into them when they're there. But one contrast that I noted in Psalm 59, uh, if you look at verse six, the enemies, David describes them as these howling dogs. They come back, they howl like dogs. They prowl about the city. And then if you flip over, he repeats that again. Uh, verse 14 and 15, they, they come back. They're howling like dogs. They wander about for food. But notice the contrast of David because of his confidence in the Lord. He says in verse 16, while his enemies are howling like dogs, he says, I will sing of your strength. I will sing aloud of your steadfast love in the morning. 
And so you have the contrast, even the, the beauty and the, the ugliness there, right? Like a, a howling dog. Nobody's ever said, wow, that's a beautiful sound. But <laughs> David's contrasting that with the beauty of his hope and confidence and trust in God that allows him to sing even in these situations. Uh, Psalm 59.8, you get, a, I think, a, a callback to Psalm 2 when David says there of God, you laugh at them, the, the enemies, you hold them in derision, these nations that rise up against God. Mm. And I think if you remember Psalm 2, um, the Lord laughs, the, the one sits enthroned, who sits enthroned above, he, he laughs, he scoffs at the, the enemies there. So Psalm 59 is another one where, where David is up against his enemies there, and we get a little bit more with the superscription there of the context, but David is trusting in the Lord. Remember, the dogs are not like chihuahuas, they're not household pets, they're the wild ones, they're like wolves. So David's association with Saul and his men, like wild or howling dogs, is meant to convey this threatening, uh, this threatening group of angry, violent animals that threaten to do him harm, which is why verse 17 is so beautiful. Where does David's strength come from? It comes from the Lord. Oh, my strength, he calls him. I will sing praises to you, even in the valley, the shadow of death, we might say. Psalm 60, we get to uh, another superscription. This one's longer here, um, as it describes the situation when he strove with Aram Naharim and with Aram Zoba. And when Joab, on his return, struck down 12,000 of Edom in the Valley of Salt. Mm. Um, We just admittedly don't know for sure when this took place in David's life. It was probably right around 2 Samuel chapter 8 Mm. um, is what's thought, even though it doesn't mention these particular situations. And there's some other questions there because David is the one that's striking down them in in 2 Samuel 8 there. Um, But it's, it's probably 2 Samuel 8 that is the background to what's going on. Um, but in Psalm 60, it's a, a, a psalm of, of, again, confidence in God, but also just kind of looking at God going, okay, wh- wh- what have you done? Why have you done what you've done? And in verse one, you've rejected us. You've broken our defenses. You've been angry. Uh, restore us. Um, and then the confidence in verse four, you've set up the banner for those who fear you. Pastor Rod, the, the banner, what's that imagery there? We see it in Song of Songs, but but what is it, this concept of the banner that we talk about, especially with the military concept? Yeah, I highlighted this in my Bible because it always stands out to me as being one of those really cool phrases that maybe a lot of people don't understand what it, what it means. Uh, a banner could be thought of like a flag, uh, a, a rallying cry. You might even think about some of the nautical flags that are used to convey different weather conditions. A banner would indicate a military position. A banner would also indicate the kind of uh, the identity that's being that's being held by the army that uses the banner. So, um, your FSB, your Faith Life Study Bible, if you have one, you should you should definitely have it because it's free. It says that a banner is used as a rallying point for a military unit, and it gives you two really helpful articles: one in your International Standard Bible Encyclopedia, and the other one I forget what that one is. Uh, but there's two there's two. Uh, two articles in there. If you want to learn more about this, man, the uh, Faith Life Study Bible will be really helpful to help you dig in a little more to some of these really fun and helpful topics. Great resource. Um, Yeah, it was on the battlefield. Think about the confusion. Think about the the chaos and everything going on there. And yet you could look up and you could see your banner from wherever it was and know that's where you could run and find refuge. Right. Those are my people. Yeah. And so God is, or David is saying of, of God, you have set up a banner for your people, for those who fear you. Um, and so David is expressing that confidence there. Protection, and, a place of regrouping, rallying, strength, all those things. Yeah. Supplies. Yeah. And then at the end there, he admits that without God, really, there, there is no hope. In verse 10, he says, have you not rejected us, O God? You do not go forth, O God, with our armies. O God, grant us help against the foe, for vain is the salvation of man. In other words, David's saying, it, it, 
even though you've rejected us to this point, God, we need you. David's acknowledging that, that without God, uh, there really is no hope for victory for Israel. That's right. Trust in him. Psalm 61. I love this one. Uh, just the, 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 the plead, the lead me to the rock that is higher than I in verse two. This is a, a plea from David to be in the safety of God's presence. Let me dwell, verse four, in your tent forever. Let me take refuge under the shelter of your wings. As I was reading this, I just started to think and let my mind go to eternity and what it's going to be like to be with God there mm-hmm. and uh, to be free from just the, the the brokenness that's all around us, not just externally, but also internally, to be free from our flesh, to be free from that battle that is present every single day, that, that battle of progressive sanctification, to finally be fully sanctified and glorified in the presence of God and have that confidence there and to be with him is going to be such a sweet thing. So what do you think he means then when he says, lead me to the rock that is higher than I? Is, is, it, is this a reference to Jerusalem? Is he trying to get to Zion? Is he just saying, look, I, I, I need to be, I, I need, obviously this is a reference to God ultimately. So lead me to God. And what sense is God higher? Is this a vantage point? Is this a reference to Zion? How do you understand this? I think it's a point of exaltation. I don't think he's speaking of a specific location, although it could be Jerusalem as the personification of the dwelling place of right. God, Zion right. as the as God's city, as we've talked about before. Um, but certainly, yeah, as you said, God is the 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 focal point there. Verse three: For you have been my refuge, a strong tower against the enemy. Yeah, awesome. Fifty nine, sixteen, sixty one. So let's flip over and address and uh, and talk about the end of the book of Acts, Acts chapter twenty eight. You know, you made a reference earlier that I kind of chuckled at, and I know you're a bit confused, <laughs> and I was chuckling only because I thought, man, it's funny. I wonder how many people are actually using paper Bibles. I, I mean, I know that. Well, I guess I'd like to hear if you're if you're listening to this episode. It's uh, it's Sunday. You have a couple minutes. We'd like to know what are you are you using a paper Bible? Are you using an electronic Bible? We'd be really curious to know what that division looks like. Yeah, we're we're split on that right here, right I, now, and, and I'm the, split in the podcast. Yeah, PPJ is using a paper Bible. I've got my my laptop in front of me. I've got the Bible and and Logos. Uh, but when it comes to studying it, I, I kind of I'm still undecided because I really really love the feel and the experience of having a paper Bible in front of you. For sure, for sure, they're both great. But yeah, yeah, I'm with you. I I I like the tactile. I like the the paper Bible element there. Yeah, feels good. Acts twenty eight sixteen. We we hit on it last time just because it was an this awkward is break. It. Here we go. When we came to Rome. Paul was allowed to stay by himself with a soldier who guarded him. So Paul's under house arrest. We're going to find out in Acts chapter twenty eight the rest of it that he's basically supporting himself. So he's dependent on the gifts of of others that are supporting him, probably the church, but also his maybe his savings from being a tent maker. Um, and he is putting himself up there and taking care of his own needs. But he calls the leaders together, and as he's always been doing. He's going to do the same thing again. He's still on mission. Even under this imprisonment that he's at there in Rome, he is there. Remember, he, he all the way back in Acts chapter 19, I desired to go to Rome. I want to be at Rome, in Rome. Right. And now he's here and he's he had this desire to be there, not just so that he could see the sights, but because he wanted to, to do the work of the missionary there. And so um, he's there and he gathers the people together and it says, as it has said so many other times, that he gathered them together to try to, to persuade them. Um, and he even allows them to kind of question him and he he brings the, the gospels before him or the gospel before them and says, it's because of the hope of Israel that I'm wearing this chain. And you can even, 
put yourself there and he's holding the chain that he's got in his hands there saying it's because of the gospel that I'm bound that I'm imprisoned yeah. um, fulfillment of Israel's promises right because of this right it says in verse 23 from morning till evening he expounded to them testifying to the kingdom of God trying to convince them about Jesus from both the law of Moses and from the prophets mm. Paul knew that his whole purpose was to make Christ known to 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 be all about that. In fact, if you're to with know us, Christ and to make him known, yeah. Yeah. If you're with us this Sunday, that's what we're talking about in church. If you've already been to church, that's what you heard preached on. That's that's why we're still here, is to make Christ known. And that's Paul right. is a perfect example of that. He's not there to do anything other than to try to get as many people to follow Jesus as possible. And yet those that are, are not following, those that are are remaining stubborn in their disbelief, he quotes from Isaiah six there and says, you know, God spoke of you. When he prophesied through Isaiah, go to those people and say, you, you will hear but never understand and see but never perceive. And, and he's lamenting the, the unbelief that they have the message before him. They're hearing it, but they're not getting it. They're not seeing it. They're not understanding and they're not believing it. Uh, but the end of Paul's life is just spent pouring himself out for the gospel. That's what he's done from the time he was saved into the time that he's here in, uh, in Rome in prison. And I mentioned the end of Paul's life and yet it's not recorded here that that's the end of his life. It says he lived there two whole years at his own expense and welcomed all who came to him. That's right. Proclaiming the kingdom of God, teaching about the Lord Jesus Christ with all boldness and without hindrance, period. <laughs> that's it. Yeah. What's I, going on? What else? Yeah. Tell me more. Yeah. Yeah. Well, well, church history holds that Paul was ultimately executed under the reign of Nero. That's right. And so they believe that he was actually beheaded under the reign of Nero. And that's where it's helpful for us if, if you are wondering, okay, how do we know the rest of the story? Or the, the For example, Peter. It was held that Peter was crucified upside down, right? right. Um, how do we know these things? We don't have a, a book of the Bible that tells us that. Well, we do have early church historians that recorded a lot that, that we can turn to and trust in and are reliable. And just like there are manuscripts that support the, the veracity and reliability of the Bible, there are manuscripts that support some of these other sources as well. The difference is those books were never circulated by the early church and said, these are authority authoritative and inspired by God. These are not scriptural books. Right. doesn't mean there's no truth in them. And so we can look to those books, books that record the fact that maybe Paul was executed by Nero or Peter was executed and crucified upside down. And, and we learn a lot through those other sources to help us fill in the gaps. Right. And we have no reason to doubt sources like that. That's why we typically have repeated them, even though they're not going to be found in a lot of other sources outside of the Christian works of literature. But by and large, those works have been very reliable and helpful. And when we can cross-reference against other resources like Josephus, you might have heard him reference him several times before. He's a Jewish historian, has nothing to do with the Christian community, and yet he records events that we can cross-reference and say, yes, Josephus also confirms this, which gives us more credibility and, and a sense of, okay, God knows what he's doing. He's putting together the resources that we can trust. Right. Right. Well, Acts 28, it it, it ends rather abruptly here, and yet I think there's some intentionality to that, don't you, Pastor Rod, as far as Absolutely. what God was doing with this? We are in Acts 29 right now. Exactly. And that's there's a church planning network by that name that's unaffiliated with, with us, but um, yeah, we are carrying on the, the mission because go back to Acts chapter 1, verse 8 where the gospel needed to go from Jerusalem to Judea to Samaria to the ends of the earth. And mm -hmm. we're still about that. We're still trying to get the gospel to the ends of the earth. And so I think Acts 28 ends the way it does because the story's not over and it's still not over today. That's right. And so we as the church, as we heard this morning at church, um, our, our job is to continue that, that, that job, that task, that mission that Christ has entrusted to us to, to know him ourselves. And then also then 
to make him known. And we're going to be doing that until the last believer is saved and That's right. Christ comes back for his bride. That trumpet sounds. Yep. Acts is done. Wow. Well, the book of Acts is done. We just said We're it's not done. done. We finished it. Jesus came back in yeah. the middle of this podcast. Yeah. Hey, one quick note as you guys prepare to close out this podcast here. When you start reading tomorrow, awesome that we're going we're to be in the book of Romans. Book of Romans actually is going to send us back in time. So we're going to end yep. about 60 AD-ish, 62, 63 AD. Uh, you're going to have to go backward in your mind and think, okay, Paul had not yet visited the Romans when you start reading the book of Romans, we're looking at 57, give or take AD. So heads up on that as you prepare to read tomorrow. Good point. Great point. All right, y'all. Well, we will catch you tomorrow. Lord willing for another episode of the daily Bible podcast. See y'all. Hey, thanks for joining us for another episode of the daily Bible podcast. We hope and pray this has been a blessing to you and your time in the word. If it has, if you would subscribe to this podcast, leave a like, leave a comment and share it with some friends and family, that would be awesome. If you need more information about Compass Bible Church here in North Texas, you can go to compassntx.org. Again, that's compassntx.org. And we'll be back with you tomorrow for another episode of the daily Bible podcast. Mm -hmm.